welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I am Pete the Retailer from, well, let's say Star Wars Minute. I am John Engel, and I'll say I'm from ABC Devo. There you go. We haven't, br- we haven't brought up ABC Devo this That's week. true. So. We talked about ABC DTOS. We show. talked about other stuff, but ABC Devo was a, a show that we did going alphabetically through all the Devo songs. Yeah. Not a lot of overlap between uh, the best years of our lives and Devo, but we could probably find something. I mean, in a sense, this is what Devo, a lot of their songs were in yeah. response to. But um, mm-hmm. uh, but today we're talking about Minute 30. It's a half hour into this. Um and uh, minute thirty starts with "I don't smoke," and it ends with "Is this all the liquor we have left?" <laughs> and um, so this uh, leads to the today's theme. Where the previous themes were all the fears uh, uh, and the worries uh, of uh, that uh, pop up in life as you age, and then today's theme is what is often the response to those themes, which is vices. Mm-hmm. Because not only yes. do we get smoking and the drinking thing comes up, uh, but we also get a scene where uh, uh, Peggy's going through. She's like, hey, we don't have enough bacon for dad's breakfast, which means we have some bacon, but not enough for dad's breakfast. So, <laughs> How much bacon does dad eat for breakfast? That's what I'm saying. Like, we, we, I, I got to go out in the morning because this is obviously not enough bacon for dad's breakfast, where he won't be content with one or two slices. We need to Maybe right. he needs one of those like woven bacon houses or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I, I do think you're right. That's what I was going to say too about this. This episode is we we have this scene or these couple of mini scenes, even you could say, mm-hmm. um, where we're building up, we're, we're establishing this guy's worries and fears, and uh, the the family dynamic, and now we're going to go to the coping mechanism. Like, right. okay, he has realized that he's not in his element right now. He's not going to easily get back into his element mm-hmm. really soon. So what's the answer? Probably better have a drink. And it gets much worse. You know, next week, whoever's got next week's minutes will really get into how far he takes that. But mm-hmm. that's the thought. I need a drink. You know, the classic, uh, the, uh, it's too much to handle. Got to have a drink. Right. And so, yeah, it's a nice little button on our week, actually, because it, it kind of starts to lead him into his arc a little bit more and um, his how he adjusts to to life back home. Yeah, or or not or how can you try to adjust yeah yeah his attempt his only his desperate grasp at it um which makes me think of i i uh uh i said we were going to talk more about motorcycles um and uh uh that that brings up something that i um wouldn't have necessarily strung together um but uh, Dana Gould has talked about it a couple times on uh, um, his uh, his podcast on Dana Gould Hour, uh, and that's the how the kind of this exact kind of transition back and and this kind of inability to deal with regular life once you'd been in this um, kind of situation through World War II and and Korea, um, and I mean well keeps you know continues on but that i think specifically world war ii um he was saying that that you know these people kind of coming back and having this is what we now know to be ptsd and 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 also just not being able to adjust back to normal lives 
led directly to the creation of the Hell's Angels because it's basically people coming back and being like, all right, well, I need danger and drugs <laughs> will get me that same experience. Will get me that same, right. you know, adrenaline vicarious thrill that that you know of that I was getting in in fighting for my life over here, and and will help me get over the fact that I don't connect with my family and get over the fact that I lost you know half my friends and. And uh, and so that kind of, uh, you know, becoming part of American society because it was people who couldn't deal. Um, and that was, you know, I mentioned not, uh, he's not a Hells Angel, he's a mailman, but uh, uh, the, which is the title of my new book. Um, no, the, the uh, well, a friend of my dad's, I'd mentioned my dad wasn't in combat in Vietnam, but a friend of his was, a friend of his was, was, was you know, saw some stuff and uh it came back kind of you know frazzled a little bit on the kind of you know wiry side and you know um has you know had a he had a you know wife and kids you know when he came back and tried to kind of make a go at the um american dream lifestyle but i you know it just didn't work out eventually they separated and he is just kind of um, you know, he's a rural route mailman, like a subcontractor from the postal service now and just does spend his days, you know, just driving around delivering mail. And that's, um, he might be retired by now, but that was always like his thing. You know, he was, a um, and, but you could always, you know, uh, talking to him, you could tell like, oh, it's not, not off. It's a little, um, I don't know, but uh, but you know he he's somebody who had a harder time readjusting because he saw more stuff and and right. you know, going back a generation further. I think my uncle my uncle Charlie was always a little bit weird, and um, we always thought it was because he was Venezuelan. But part of it could also be that he was uh, um, he saw some serious stuff uh, in World War Two. Yeah, and um, and so how they how people cope with that is uh, that, that's our theme for today. Yeah. smoking and liquor and bacon <laughs> however, however you got a deal you know i mean there's a certain amount of healthy self-medication right as long as it doesn't go too far mm. but um that's the that's the question is like you self-medicate that means you're ready to take a step but you probably need to take different steps uh then understand, well, uh, taking a step is good. I should probably take healthier steps, like right. actually physically. Don't physically damage, no self-destructive steps. Um, but, you know, they all, they always say, you know, well, taking some steps, at least you're you're understanding something about yourself. Right. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I could see, I, I wonder what the numbers were for, you know, if they even kept numbers like that back then, if we could look back and see how many alcoholics came out of World War Two. you know. Oh, yeah. It, uh, just got to be staggering uh the liquor you know the sitting in a bar having drinks uh thing really took off i imagine after yeah. that and, and then the certain amount of prosperity you know there's a lot of talk in this movie about the questions about what's going to happen next in the country because at the time this movie was made they didn't know but what we know is that there's a there's a certain amount of prosperity and you kind of wonder if the uh the trappings of the American dream as in the white picket fence and the mm -hmm. job and the kids, uh, how that coincided with the, uh, with the backstory of a lot of these guys where what's going on in their head. I've got this on the surface, uh, perfect life. And I've got in my mind, I've got nightmares still, you know, right. 
and that becomes uh, disposable income goes to buying tons and tons of liquor. I mean, every 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 TV show from the fifties they had a uh, they had a bar in the living room, right? You know, right. So well, yeah, it was just kind of a standard thing at the time. Kind of leads into you know the the Madman era of of you know because this the people coming back then were in um you know we're we in charge of things and they were in business and they kind of handed mm-hmm. it off to the next people coming back coming back from Korea and being like oh here here's how you deal with that yeah have a drink it's noon you know what I mean yeah um and uh yeah and there's there's you know. Uh, there's a certain I don't know it, it's it's all over the place because there's a certain kind of um, you know that's also been glamorized uh, to a certain extent and also been kind of you know um, demonized and, and uh, hard to tell what you know at, at one point at what point does the you, I think you just said it. Taking steps, you know, at one point does it become more harmful than helpful? If somebody's, you know, right. somebody's going to flip out if they don't have a drink, like, all right, so maybe now they're an alcoholic, but also maybe they're, you know, uh, coping with heavier things. So who knows? Uh, it's not well, my place did, to say. Right. Well, when did the so you were kind of suggesting this progression? There was the after World War Two. Obviously, after World War One as well. I mean, we're talking about the twenties, right. the boom, right, the jazz yeah. era, uh, prohibition though. But the people didn't really seem to care much about prohibition. There's still right. plenty of alcohol. Um, World War Two, Korea, then Vietnam becomes a little different, right? They right. Uh, learned about some other what forms of intoxication, right? And and then the lid kind of gets blown off in the seventies, right? I mean, am I am I right about? It? Did Betty Ford kind of blow the lid off this whole thing, where it became this uh, this idea of addiction, this right. idea of alcoholism became uh, in our living rooms all of a sudden, where maybe it was the dirty little secret of the family before, and then the president's wife admits to it, it admits to it, mm-hmm. and that created a difference. I don't know. I'm just nothing I've researched into, but I'm trying to think of at what point did we start recognizing this as an actual problem to be avoided um, as a, as a society, not just as individuals. Like I'm sure there were many wives in the fifties that were like, please stop going to the bar. Please stop drinking. You're drinking too much. But as a society, it was accepted. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. Is it the combination of drugs and alcohol that came from Vietnam where it was, well, like junkie culture came out of Vietnam, right, kind of yeah. thing. The it's drugs a got a little bit more harder. on the surface severe. Well, and and the but, and the veterans were treated differently, right? And, and and you had more, you know, the a couple couple episodes ago we mentioned, you know, we were talking about the uh, Rob, the son, getting his was it Rob? It was. Why do I keep mm-hmm. forgetting that? It's Rob. You know, he's you know sympathizing with the you know, with the Japanese that, that were the enemy, uh, you know, at this point and that kind of, you know, taken, take that further and, and it keeps going. And then people, you know, started to have a different attitude towards um, war in general. And, and you know, like, well, why are we going and doing this? While well, the people, you know, drumming, uh, kind of relitigating Vietnam, but the, the people who drumming up war were like, Hey, remember like world war two, that was great. Right. Because that's all, you know, everybody's been talked. Nobody, people don't talk much about the downfall of you know the 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 dirty side of of the war, the the 
um, it's always just like World War Two is, you know, was was the best thing that ever happened to us, except for all the people that died and, and we had to get into it because of all these, you know, but but, you know, America is, you know, like been living off of the World War Two high for for years. And years. Yeah. And um, so that. You know, for them, for the for the robs of the world, growing up, getting a little bit older, and being the ones, you know, more people thinking that way of like, well, wait a minute, why the hell are we going over here, and why are we, um, yeah, know, why why Rob are we might doing be this? a little old. Rob would have been more the Korea Korean guy, right. like right, he would have right. gone to Korea. But, but you know, the, people in that like we're seeing yeah. the seeds of it with him, and then more people kind of uh, right were thinking about it more critically. Well, one thing you could say, like I kind of, I guess I kind of suggested it earlier is. is there was this economic boom that came from World War II where people could hide uh, behind this this accepted world. What, there were jobs to be had. People had the jobs. They lived the lives. Mm-hmm. But they were tormented inside and, and perhaps uh, abusive to alcohol and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, Korea, too, up to a certain point. Vietnam, we ended up with an energy crisis. We had recessions. Uh, coming home from Vietnam was not the same. And again, like people specifically did not, certain people did not accept v- Vietnam veterans as being viable mm-hmm. veterans, as in like, you just, you're, you know, baby killers, whatever they wanted to call them. Right. And and so then the abuse that came from the trauma of that, that could have been the, the uh, response to the trauma from Vietnam becomes right there. Like they don't look, that the guy's not, going off to work and coming home at night behind the white picket fence anymore. There's a, that person is clearly a junkie or an abuser of some kind right there on the street. And, um, God, it had to be very sobering to a lot of people. Of course, then there were certain people probably that thought, uh, well, we were like that in our day, right? You know, it's like, yeah, you were, you just happened to have uh, a booming economy where you could make money and, <laughs> and every, and you were considered a hero because you were in a, a righteous war. Right. Right. So, um, I don't know. Again, this is us talking about history. We weren't there right. for this. We we could be wrong about this, but this I'm just kind of speculating or, or kind of asking the question: Where was that point where the response to wartime trauma being abusing substances became a problem instead of just part of life? That's I guess I'm trying to. I didn't phrase it in as much uh, no, as much as a question as I wanted it to, but I wanted to say that I'm not trying to say that's what happened. I'm just wondering this my own viewpoint of history. I'm wondering if right. there's some truth to that. Love to hear any other differing opinions on that. And uh, it uh, it's starting to get. Uh, I didn't think it would ever. <laughs> didn't think it would ever happen to me. But um, it, it, in both. Real life, it's it's happened more, and and in movies, it's happened more. That I'm kind of a little bit, uh, not shocked, but I'm a little bit oh by people smoking uh, on the screen. It it's become mm. so mm, less frequent. Uh, definitely in real life, whenever I see somebody smoking a cigarette in real life, I'm like, what? You can still do that? What? What are you? I know it's it's not something you see as much anymore. That's for sure. Uh, but then even I mean, you know, TCM is is home of of. Classic cinema where everybody was smoking all the Turner time. Turner cigarette Yeah, movies. exactly. Yeah. But, um, but uh, I mean, just e- even the way that that's, you know, that uh, it's used here because it, it was completely, uh, you know, part of acceptable society. But then for, for it to be seen here as kind of like a, a holdover from his, uh, from his war um, days. 
his his recently gone war day is you know again to, not to harp on him offering his wife a cigarette but it's it's so it's an, another you know he gets frazzled goes for a cigarette and offers one to everybody else because everybody else in his you know war yeah, in the war would they would be in the army with him would be frazzled a little bit from time to time would need a cigarette and that's how they got by but to me as someone who watches a lot of classic films it's almost as shocking that she doesn't accept a cigarette yeah. like that she says she doesn't smoke almost everybody in old movies smokes it's uh yeah that's why it I, seems I, so it's commonplace. so odd that yeah. it's 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 yeah. a uh, you know a thing here it's a it's a scene as a, a little bit of a vice here which is which is unusual well you kind of wonder again i like i said before this is a little bit more of a realistic view of the time. I imagine there were plenty of people that didn't smoke back then too. Right. We just had this assumption because in the movies, I mean, smoke creates this great atmosphere f- for cinematography, for instance. So, well, yeah, we want everybody smoking. We want a reason for there to be smoke in the room. Uh, it looks cool. It gives the actors something to do while they're reciting right. dialogue. There was all kinds of reasons to have people smoking. And yes, a lot of people smoked back then compared to now, but at the same time, there were... Sh- Surely a lot of people that didn't like cigarettes. I mean, uh, but you just didn't see people turning down cigarettes in old movies very often. Yeah. Did you uh, Did you ever smoke, Pete? Uh, not reliably. So, I, you know, when Reli- it was a... <laughs> You're always letting people down with yeah. your not in smoking. Um, <laughs> you know, when it was a thing at bars, sometimes you would have, you know, you'd see somebody. Um, but uh, But never, I was never what you would consider a smoker, I don't think. Yeah, I was a heavy smoker for 12 years i guess it was like definitely 1993 my very first day at college Mm. i was like in my dorm room and i said what am i gonna do you know what i can do i can walk over to the liquor store i can't buy liquor but i can buy a pack of cigarettes and i went out in the hall and my the guy across the hall this guy adam who i just met earlier in the day was also coming out the door and he said what are you doing i was like i'm gonna go buy cigarettes he was like I'll go with you. We became really good <laughs> friends and we smoked tons of cigarettes together. Nice. And I was, I got on a two pack a day habit there for a while. And, mm. uh, but it's been 15 years, uh, almost 16 years now. I remember it was February of 20, 2005 that I quit cold Turkey and never looked back. Wow. But I still smell it. I'll, I'll tell you it's, it sticks with you. I smell it. Mm-hmm. And I like, I still love the smell of cigarettes. I, when I'm outside and somebody is smoking, my neighbor smokes. So when he goes out back, right. smoking, I happen to walk by. It's uh, it, it hits me, it, my little pleasure center. <laughs> I remember it, but I never want to go back. That's for sure. No, no, no. It, it, I don't want to smell like that. But oh, walking, that either. Yeah. Walking by, I, I do. It totally. My grandfather was a, a prodigious smoker, and and that totally makes me think of you know like the inside of his car and all that. I get those kind of like warm flashback feelings from a lot of the yeah. smell of, um cigarettes um but uh no i don't ever want to do that or <laughs> i don't want to get that uh smoky again no not at all <clears throat> um although you know what else what we're not we're not going to be doing again that was a rough transition but you know what i mean <laughs> um we're not going to be on uh, this show anymore this is uh this no. is our last episode of of the week um we uh i'm i'm Going to go back and refresh myself on the rest of this movie at some point soon, but I got to find the time. It's been uh, too long. But hey, now that I have TCM again, maybe it'll pop up one day and I'll be like, ah, oh, it always, that's not, that's, that's it's on TCM twice a year, I've, yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I did have one question for you, Pete, oh, though, before please, we go. Please do. Who is the painting <laughs> above the mantle? Who is that? 
That's exactly the type of thing that I would want to know, and I, I wasn't <laughs> able to find out. It does look a little bit like my uh, wife's family has this painting that's going around of, of uh, Uncle Egbert. Oh, okay. And, so and that's get- always there's this portrait that hung in, in you know, my, my wife's grandmother's house for a while, and she got it from her ancestors and it's this portrait of uncle egbert that's been handed around and who's who's got the portrait who's who's in charge of it right now <laughs> Interesting. Um, it did remind me of that so maybe it's the same uh, kind of so a you thing. think this is a this might be an ancestor like an actual of, family of mine member. i'm, I'm going to say it's oh you're saying this, saying this that, that is, is uncle egbert yeah. i see because i was thinking he just looks like a a, a I don't, like a revolutionary war figure, so like it's yeah. like a random American hero. Is it Nathan Hale or somebody? <laughs> I just it's like this looks like someone from 1785 to me. So right. I don't know. We'll see. I just wanted to throw. I didn't feel like we should get through because I don't know if there's a scene. I don't think there's another scene in this room for the rest of the movie. So somebody had to bring up the painting. So we'll see. Uh, if uh, I at least want to throw it out there to see if anybody else knows. Right. Who that is, or has a has a good guess? We could get a few good guesses going on the Facebook. What's the the Facebook group? It's a uh, uh, sure butcher's place. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, butcher's place. The best years of our lives. Listeners Cafe on Facebook. Right. Uh, you can do it there. You can tweet us at uh, on Twitter at the best minutes. Um, if you know who the portrait is, if you think it's my wife's great great uncle Egbert. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I bet that's it. I'll, I'll find, try to find a picture of Uncle Egbert. Um, but uh, as we said, you can find uh, John and I regularly once a week on uh, ABCDTOS, where we're talking about Star Trek, the original series, with our friends uh, Tom Taylor, who you heard last week, and Joe Maisel, who you did not hear throughout the course of this project. He's not a movies by minutes guy, Joe. We'll have to get him on yeah. something. Um. But uh, if you want to uh, listen to more of the show, remember you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or at thebestminutes.com. And, uh, hey, you know, as we said, Movies by Minutes is a thing. We're, we're not the only people who do this. There's over a hundred, over 170 other Movies by Minutes podcasts that are all uh, cataloged. Well, almost all. I think, John, you said yours, uh, as of this recording, yours wasn't your current one wasn't yeah, 007 up there, but, by seven isn't on there i don't think but. but by the time that this airs it might be up there. yeah um but uh there's an ongoing catalog of the movies by minutes podcast and it is of course at movies by minutes.com and uh so if you like this format if you like this idea um go check that out for more great shows i'm sure there's a movie that you love that is being hacked into minute bits by somebody uh or multiple people and discussed and uh, so you won't find us here, but uh, be sure to come back for uh, another episode on Monday of the Best Minutes Podcast. Hey, Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.